everybody be cool. You be cool. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Is this a dream? Unfortunately, no one told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I hope not. The word they'd be wrong. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to the BBFC podcast. Uh, I'm Joe and today I'm joined by Edward, our operations manager. We're going to be discussing the classification history of the famous western The Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Now the film was requested by one of our listeners, uh, Patrick Coffey. So Ed, this is one of those films that I, n- I know I've seen. It's one of those sort of famous westerns, um, but I don't remember much about it. Uh, presumably it's about three guys, one who's good, one who's bad and one who's ugly. Is that, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> it is. I mean, it is a, a famous western. I, I suspect a lot of listeners will have heard of it. Many of them, many listeners will have seen it. Um, yeah, it's a famous western from the mid 1960s, 1966, commonly known as a, one of the spaghetti westerns. Now, this is a kind of a group of westerns or a type of western that was nicknamed the spaghetti western because they tended to be made, financed, and made by Italian filmmakers. And the good, the bad, and the ugly is sort of, if, if you're going to, if we're going to classify it as a or consider it a, 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 as a national cinema, it's first and foremost an Italian film directed by Sergio Leone. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly are the three main characters. The Good, played by Clint Eastwood. The Bad, played by Lee Van Cleef. And The Ugly, played by Eli Wallach. And what the film is about is it's set in the United States. It's a Western, after all. It's the American Civil War, okay? So it's the mid-1860s. And these three characters are three guys. Even though they're called The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, they're all kind of bad to varying degrees. (laughs) Uh, But also kind of... Lovable to varying degrees, let's say. Lovable rogues. Um, Lovable rogues, exactly. And they're on the hunt for some buried treasure, believe it or not. It sounds like a sort of very hoary old plot device. So they're not pirates too, are they? They're not not pirates, but they're they're sort of bounty hunters and treasure seekers. And they've heard about a cache of gold coins that has been buried. And between the three of them, they all have part of the information as to the whereabouts of this buried loot but none of them has all the information. So the kind of thrust of the narrative is that the three of them are trying to find out from each other the bits of the information that they don't yet have so that they can be the first to get to this buried treasure and keep it for themselves. Right, right. But all the while they're doing this, the American Civil War is raging around them. So they keep running into Union soldiers, Confederate soldiers. So what we've got, The Good, the Van Young, is a big, long film. In its original cut, when it came out in Italy, it was just under three hours long. It was it was reduced for release in the UK and the US and elsewhere, and we'll sort of come back to that when we talk about the extended version later. Um, but it's a big sort of picaresque western is kind of the word. It's a, it's a, a story that kind of um, includes a lot of sort of incidents and a lot of sort of supporting characters, and it's a big, long kind of quest, if you like. Bit of an epic. I Bit guess. of an epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're all sort of you know, eventually is going to come to a head. Now, it's interesting. So, I mean, we've got a lot of notes uh, from the original files here, and, and I can see that the film was originally past X, which I guess was yeah. sort of more or less the equivalent of a modern 18 at the time. Um, so what were the issues that sort of gained it that, that classification? Well, okay, so first of all, the X in the 60s was 16s and above. Oh, of course it changed. It, it went it? up yeah. to 18 in That's 1970. Right, yeah. So um, we're talking about an X here as, as um, anyone over 16 would be able to go. 
the film was passed X with cuts. Okay, so the BBFC at the time classified it X with three cuts. Right. I have I mean, the cuts here. I have the original cuts list. Well, were westerns particularly controversial at the time? I mean, is this sort of unusual for this type of film to be cut, or was that sort of fairly standard? That's a really good question. Practice, so. Westerns, sort of by their nature, they're often sort of combat in a lawless land. Yeah, it's about people moving moving west to sort of colonise the unclaimed land in the United States in the in the middle of the 19th century, really. So you very often got gunplay, violence, and so on and so forth. So it's always been a genre that's had sort of action and violence in it. But in the 1960s, sort of films in general were getting more uh, uh, explicit in their violence. Um, Good, the Bad and the Ugly was one of a number of westerns that sort of in in a way represented a bit of a departure from what people were used to in the genre. As I said before, it's an Italian Western, it's not a Hollywood Western. Um, And the Italian Westerns were more sort of irreverent on the whole, more sort of anarchic in a sense. Sometimes we talked about as being parodies of the Western genre. I tend to think that a lot of them sort of walk walk very successfully a tightrope between being parodies and being sort of classic Westerns in their own right, because they are doing what Westerns do, they're telling Western stories. But but by the mid-1960s, um, violence was, was becoming more sort of prominent uh, in the cinema. This film came out in the US in 1967, which was also the year of Bonnie and Clyde, which is sort of a famous moment in American cinema history where blood flowed in the violent scenes. Two years later, another American Western, The Wild Bunch, was extremely bloody. So... Good, the Bad and the Ugly arrives at a kind of time when there were changes in general. So when we saw it, we saw it in early 1968, we found, the board found that it needed three cuts for the X. And the cuts are, I have them here, there was one cut in reel two and there were two cuts in reel six. In reel two, the cut is reduced to not more than three, the blows on the girl. This is referring to a scene in which the bad, played by Lee Van Cleef, nickname Angel Eyes in the movie, his character, um, beats up a woman because he's wanting to extract information from her. And it's quite a strong scene. He sort of slaps her around and throws her around and so on. So that required a cut. And then there's a fairly protracted torture scene, actually, in Reel 6, in which the bad has captured the ugly in a Union Army camp and tortures him for information, or rather he gets his assistant to torture him for information, and the beating up goes on for several minutes, really. It's a very striking scene, but but a pretty strong one. And so the, the cut there is reduced to an absolute minimum, the beating up of Tuco, Tuco's the ugly, leaving only enough to retain essential dialogue, deletions to include all shots of eye-gouging. Now that, that refers to a moment in which the, the, the attacker presses his thumbs very sort of uh, strongly into into Tuco's eyes. I'm sure. I mean, it sounds quite strong, but it, often the way things are shot can also have an effect. So is it still quite strong? Yeah, it's... Day, uh, I think it's still quite a strong scene. Mm. Um, I mean, the you know we're, we're jumping forward a bit now. In The, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, we have, we have since classified it. In 2008, we classified the extended version of Good, the Bad and the Ugly 15. So it has actually come down to 15. Right. But if we go to sort of the... You know, if we if I sort of turn to the video reports from the 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 uh, 1980s when when the BBFC was assessing the uncut version for video, and we found that we that we would would pass it uncut at 18. There's some there's some fascinating comments from the reports about this beating up scene. So one examiner, for example, says, and I quote: "The key torture scene at one hour 26 minutes still has the power to disturb, 
but I would argue that it is a legitimate moment of drama, not without its own internal logic and tension, that should be allowed to remain in an adult category. It is brutal but never exceeds 18. And we have another quote here um, where another examiner says, the reality of the beating, though severe, is not gratuitous. They also point out um, it is clear by this time that Tuco is a hard man, resilient but cunning. So by the 1980s there was a sense um, at, at the BVFC that this scene was allowable uncut at 18 and it's because even though it is a protracted scene of torture it's it sort of I suppose just stays the right side of being gratuitous or sadistic or or, or protracted. Sure I mean I suppose I mean for the original theatrical release CX meant that 16 year olds could see it so mm. I was going to ask you whether this was sort of a, a slow change in sort of the the attitudes of the time like between the sort of 60s coming into the 80s for video but actually we're talking about two different classifications aren't we because CX meant 16 year olds could see it whereas the 18 obviously means 18 year olds can see it so yeah. I wonder whether it was not necessarily a change in attitudes but more just an acknowledgement that this was now restricted to 18 year olds rather than available to slightly younger people yeah that, that's a good point that's a good point yeah very possibly yeah I mean X with cuts for 16s and over and 18 without cuts seems fairly similar really mm. 20 years apart yeah it, it doesn't seem that it has shifted much well, the passage of years could, of course, been a factor as well, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I'd better mention the third cut as well. I mean, it's a it's a briefer cut, but it's to reduce the bashing of Wallace's head on a stone. There's a there's a scene in which Tuco has been um, captured. Well, when he's been captured by the the Union armies and Wallace, who is actually the man who beats him up in the in the torture scene, they're chained together. They're kind of handcuffed together at one point, and Tuco is being taken away on a train. And he um, jumps off the train, taking Wallace with him, and they both kind of tumble to the ground. And then Tuco picks up a rock and bashes Wallace's head with it to kill him. So that sounds like quite strong, but it, but it's it's fairly brief. And um, the examiners felt, I mean, it's a quote from the file, that it's painfully realistic rather than sadistic. So again, that was in 1984 when um, it felt that, that that could be passed uncut on video at 18. So Good, the Bad, the Ugly, yeah, was, was passed uncut on video in the 80s and 90s in its panned and scanned and, and widescreen versions. But then in the 2000s, as I mentioned earlier on, there was an extended version extended version came out. Um, so this was for theatrical, uh, not for video release? We did it, it, it was for video release first. We, we classified it for video in 2004, and we then classified the uh, extended version for theatrical in 2008. In 2004, a kind of restored DVD release was done, one in the US, one in the UK, and they included for the first time the extended version of the film. So just to give a little potted history of how this extended version came about, when the film had come out in Italy originally it was just under three hours long, but it was then edited for length for release abroad. The version that we classified in 1968 was 161 minutes. Now even though we'd cut it, we'd only cut brief snippets out of it, so it was, you know, 15-16 minutes shorter than the version that had been released in Italy. And the version released in the US was a similar length to the version released here. So the version that we'd known, the version that when I first saw it, you know, on TV, for example, would have been that shorter version. In the early 2000s, they decided to sort of resurrect the full-length version and, and give it a release to UK and US audiences. And so what they did was they went back to the Italian original and they restored the scenes that had been taken out in 1966, 1967. So, so that's, not, that's not the scenes that we asked for cuts, or this is scenes that were taken out by the distributor before it was... 
sent yeah, overseas. So that's right. We'd never seen these scenes before. I see. Um, and UK audiences had never seen them before. And so it, it was quite exciting, actually, that we were going to get to see this kind of longer version, sort of in a way the original length version of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly that, that had been released in Italy. One sort of strange thing, though, was that the sound... Was it? I can't quite remember now. Is it that the sound had been lost or the sound was damaged or something like that for the English language version? So what they did was they actually got back Clint Eastwood, who plays the good, Eli Wallach, who plays the ugly, to re-record their lines. Oh, wow, okay. Which is very charming, you know, yeah. sort of, what are we talking about? Um, 35 years, over 35 years, they were brought back into the recording studio to re-dub their lines. Well, the first they were now, able to do that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. great. Now, Lee Van Cleef had sadly died in the intervening period so he wasn't available to um to come and re-record his lines so they they hired an actor who who could do a fantastic impersonation of Lee right, Van Cleef right. um would you believe but it works fantastically and so we get to see these scenes sort of in a way restored to their original glory in the 2000s the BBFC received this version for for consideration and when we did it on video it was in 2004 we did give it the 18 again although an examiner in the reports at the time did acknowledge that, you know, there's an argument for 15. When we, when it was submitted to us in 2008 for a theatrical re-release in the UK, we did give it a 15. Okay. Right. So, in a way, the sort of the feeling that had been bubbling along in the in the examiner's reports for a little while by that point that that maybe eighteen wasn't required anymore. Maybe it could go down to fifteen. Reasons for that were, you know, as examiner's reports say it had become a kind of staple of TV. Um, it was a, a film with its audiences were very familiar. Also, standards had changed now. 18 level violence was actually stronger than the sort of violence you get in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Um, I've got one quote here which I pulled from the reports which I find particularly interesting, which is, um, yeah, despite its tough feel, the film is pretty leisurely and most of the few bits of action are well padded on either side, as it were. That's a quote from an examiner's report. Um, I suppose they just mean it's not relentless, full-on violence, it's basically. Not relentless, full on. Yeah. We're talking about a film that's just under three hours long, and it's it's sort of punctuated by bursts of violence. Sure. But there's there's sort of whole swathes of it where there isn't violence. Now, I don't want to give the impression that, that it's dull in any sense. So by 2008, um, we did feel that we could give it a 15. So the extended version is a 15 uncut for theatrical release. So yeah, it's a, it's a 15 in the cinema for the, the extended version, yeah. but an 18 on video. Yeah. Um, and maybe I should say that, I mean, I, I work in the operations department with you and um, yeah. we deal with uh, films when they come in. Um, we're talking about sort of DVDs and Blu-rays. And I remember when The Good, The Bad and The Ugly came in. Part of what I do is to compare uh, works that come in on DVD to the archive versions that we, we store. So I remember actually comparing the film and finding that it was basically the same yeah. as the previous version. So yeah. we, we were left in this in this odd situation where we could pass it, because it was the same as the archive version, we could pass it without the examiners viewing it. Yeah. Yet we had a 15 version classified for cinema release. So there was a bit of a uh, yeah. Conversation as to what we should do with that. So, so how did that? Yeah. Um, how was that resolved? Yeah, that? that's 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 absolutely it. And if we know that a version of the film is exactly the same as a version that we've seen before on video, and we've done a comparison, as you say, you you would have carried out a comparison on these and confirmed that. Um, it's very hard for us to justify then charging the distributor a full viewing fee unless they explicitly request it. And on this particular occasion, it, it was agreed that it would be it would be handled just as a comparison. Now, the, the result of that is that it does retain its 18 on video. And so that might look a little bit anomalous with the 15 that it's now got for theatrical. 
So in a way, it's a it's a sort of a, a bit of an oddity in that respect. But it's it's you know theatrical and video are handled differently. They're handled under different laws. They're handled with slightly different processes. It's the case that that as things stand, the good, the bad, and the ugly is still an eighteen you know, as a home entertainment certificate. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we have mentioned on the podcast before that films can, of course. Um, gain a lower classification as the years pass as public sensibilities change so it's quite possible this will happen with this film as well yeah and in a way the situation with it on video is is not that dissimilar from those situations where let's say member of the public contacts and says why is this film still an 18 and the answer is kind of well because we haven't really been given an opportunity to view it in full for 20 years or whatever it is and, and, and so it retains its 18 as a kind of almost like a historic decision and I mentioned earlier on that it was one of the spaghetti westerns and I'll, I'll just sort of say that it's considered the third of what's called the Dollars Trilogy um, after a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more so that's a trilogy of Italian westerns from the mid 60s directed by Sergio Leone all starring Clint Eastwood they're all really really good and the good, the bad and the ugly is kind of the, the biggest and the boldest of the lot Sure. Well, thanks very much, Ed. Um, If you would like to request a film for us to speak about or any other issue for that matter, please do contact us using the podcast feedback form. Uh, That's on the podcast page of our website. You can also email us at podcast at bbfc.co.uk or you can tweet to us on Twitter at, at, at bbfc.